Hello, my name is Barbara Avila, and this is my Synergy Autism podcast, where I bring people together to share and communicate regarding autism. You can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud, where we have other podcasts that we know you'll love. All right. Hi. Hello. (laughs) Welcome back to another book review with um, Behavior Babble with Pam Smith and Barb Avila. That's me. Um... It is the start of another school year here in the United States at least and we thought we would read a book that really can help teachers who are welcoming students with autism into their classrooms and we both are good friends and colleagues and know um, Jonathan Chase who has written a fabulous book called From Surviving to Thriving uh, Classroom Accommodations for Students on the Autism Spectrum and he can be found also at jonathanchase.net. And also, I did an interview with him on episode seven of the podcast, of this podcast, if you would like to learn more about the book after hearing about it. Pam and I talk about it today. Um, it is a self-published book and available on Amazon. And Jonathan has also done a TED Talk that is called Music as a Window into the Autistic Mind. So there's lots of ways to get to know Jonathan, the author, a little bit more. But today we're going to be talking specifically about his book about classroom accommodations. So, welcome. Thanks. It's excited. It's good to be back. It's great to be talking about Jonathan's book. Um, I would say, generally speaking, one of the great things about it is that it's succinct and clear. Mm. And it's... um, you know, especially as teachers are headed back to this classroom, but everyone that's headed back in September, it feels very chaotic. You know, grocery yeah. stores feel different. Everything feels a little yeah, like so sort true. of wonky. driving, traffic, yeah, everything. Transition. <laughs> this transition feels very visceral. Yeah. And what's great about this is it's a very unassuming sort of. Um, qu- it can be a quick read. You could just reference yeah. just one chapter, one checklist, even, so true. which is just it's so it's very accessible. It's very yeah. accessible and um, incredibly concrete, which I think is just incredible. It's just not always the case, and we certainly have read more theoretical things in the past. Self reg coming to mind, and this one is much more. Um, I'm going to give you specific tools and and things that. And what I also appreciate is that it's. It certainly could be used across um, different types of people mm-hmm. who experience autism, but it also is really focused on that kid who's getting included um, in a regular classroom, yeah. and so it's very focused on that um, regular ed teacher who is undertrained, frankly. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And I think that he does a beautiful job of being very respectful of teachers and what even though he didn't have the greatest experiences himself, he has come out with this gift to teachers that are, you know, overwhelmed and um, uh, having to put a lot of energy and money sometimes into accommodations. And he's there saying, you don't have to put that much into it. There are some simple fixes. There are some simple things you can do. And the biggest one he talks about is um, having an understanding of the processing and, and where somebody with autism is coming from. And I just, I love that as the foundation for the entire book. Yeah, me too. Um, and he, I, um, in particular, I just, this, this sentence um, on page 10, you know, it's talking under the heading of information overload. 
One of the greatest challenges for most people with autism is their reduced ability to prioritize everything they are taking in. Mm-hmm. Now, you and I know that, and anybody who knows a person with autism knows that, but a teacher is like, why aren't you paying attention to this thing that's the most important thing? Because I'm, right. ta- I'm saying it, right? right. <laughs> or like, but, you know, having sat in so many classrooms, what teachers do very fluidly, especially good ones, mm-hmm. is they shift their priority based second to second to second based on what the classroom needs. Yeah, that's very true. And what they don't understand is that they're very skilled at doing that. Yeah. And others are not. Not everybody can do that. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The other thing that I really like and uh, about um, for busy teachers and having that understanding, but also that the whole idea that Um, making accommodations for kids on spectrum is also going to be for all kids. Mm -hmm. And so I think that does speak to um, the teacher who's very skilled is going to recognize that. Absolutely. Right? So they're going to say, oh, and get some ideas from this book, like even the homework basket. Like, Mm -hmm. well, a lot of people have homework baskets, but to have a better understanding about why that's important and how to implement it Mm -hmm. or why to have schedules and things like that, like Mm -hmm. just to take it to the next level also. So even though it's, got some basic tools, it also can help people who really do understand to take it to the next level and be able to really hone in those things that, you know, in my Absolutely, sense, yeah. absolutely. And what I, what I appreciated, where that came out for me was um, in, in the whole concept of the timing of kind of conversations and questions. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really skillfully done because it's, a, it's, like to it seems very control. obvious, exactly, uh-huh. but it's, mm-hmm. it seems very obvious, but yet how many times do you hear of a kid who's getting in trouble for blurting out and the teacher thinks of them as a know-it-all or thinks of them, you know what I mean? Like what I felt was great is these accommodations um, help the teacher to shift away from that child as a behavior issue mm-hmm. more towards this is the way they roll and they don't know how to do it differently. So you're so a lot of what we've been talking about. It's not a won't, it's a can't. Right. And that, um, what is the other one? It's not a misbehavior, it's stress behavior, Mm -hmm. which is from self reg. Right. So he really brings that home from the inside view. Right. Right. Being somebody on the autism spectrum. Right. Yeah. Well, and that other piece of like, so there's can't, won't, and I don't know. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. I didn't know I was supposed... I didn't know... It. You said, is it time for questions? Or uh, uh, any questions? And you meant any questions, but you didn't really mean any questions. Because I do have lots of questions. I have right. questions about climate control, even though we're in... Right. You know, or climate... climate um, whatever. Change. Thank you. <laughs> climate control is a thermostat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but climate change versus... Um, but I realize we're in Spanish, so, um, oh, wait, maybe I'm sure, right. you know, and, and, and I think that was, that was a helpful chapter even for me to remember, oh, right, well, so often, if I can come from a basis when I'm interacting with a person, and I have a teaching background, so I, I, I think that way, uh-huh. um, for when, when I come from, at it from a, maybe this person is acting this way because they don't know better, Mm-hmm. You know, that's a much more, that's a freeing thing. As a teacher, you're like, oh, wait, I, this is what I do. I teach. Yeah. <laughs> Assume intent, and mm-hmm. then that can allow you to help or to teach or to support or guide or whatever, rather mm-hmm. than if they're just misbehaving and you think of them as mis- just misbehaving, you're going to come down with more uh, decreasing their control. 
Exactly. Right? Which is, and their independence, which mm-hmm. is actually the opposite of what usually you need right. to do. Yeah. Well, and it dovetails well with um, your visual, the visual from um, the parenting with love and logic kind of, yeah. you know, a lot of his examples are kind of late elementary, middle school. I mean, uh-huh. not all of them, but you know what I mean? That sort yeah. of that, that kind of middle of school time. Mm-hmm. And so really thinking about where and when do I get give control, how much independence right. is expected, all of those kinds of things, um, I feel like it dovetails well with this book. Yeah. So I thought maybe we would share about how it's laid out, mm-hmm. because I think it is laid out beautifully. Um, he, he, the first, he has it as two parts, and the first part is understanding, processing, and control. So kind of that issue that you were just saying of understanding how can you give a child control without giving up total control, <laughs> right? Right. So we've talked about choices within a non-choice and things like that. But what I like is it isn't just a book about, oh, you need to do this. It's a book about why you need to do it. Mm-hmm. And really thinking even long-term for that person to become a self-advocate, et cetera, et cetera, right? We want that from an early age. So part one is understanding, processing, and control. Chapter one is about processing, so helping parents and teachers understand that autistic processing so accommodations make sense and they feel easy. Um, And then chapter two is assessing the level of control the child or student perceives they have, which I really liked as well. and ensuring choice and my one of my favorite phrases of helping somebody with agency, personal agency, and making helping them feel in control. Um, because sometimes children will take control by being defiant. And I think that we think of it as, again, that uh, misbehavior, but it's more, I feel out of control, so I'm going to take control. And even, it wasn't in this book, it was actually in the podcast that Jonathan was talking about how he did that. If he was backed into a corner, he had two choices. I either do everything that the, the teacher wants me to do or nothing. And so we see kids who are just totally passive and don't do anything or fight, mm-hmm. right? And that's potentially, you know, those are the choices that we as teachers or parents or guides or whatever have given. Right. So to be more mindful ahead of the time of what choices are we giving to give them a little bit more of an out or a feeling of that personal agency. Yeah, without a doubt. And then, I, I also appreciated how um, there's essentially sort of very sp- specific in all of these in all of the sections. There's the sort of bullet pointed examples of wording, examples yeah. of um, uh, the just specific examples. I mean, you could you could use them as a checklist as a teacher. The, do I do mm-hmm. this? Do I do that? Do I do yeah. this? And maybe target one a week or something like that until yeah. you get more skilled at um, understanding. And it also will depend on the student that actually is in your class. But right. Um, but certainly, this is a good starting point for yeah. trying to figure that out and understand each student and how much they need or what how they're processing or yeah. Mm-hmm. Then, um, do you want to describe part two? Sure. So then we have um, specific classroom accommodations um, that include, I will, I'm going to just read it so that I don't have my memory fail me since I couldn't (laughs) think of climate change. Um, So the classroom accommodations chapters include clear instructions, check-in time and question clarification, which piggybacks off of, or is the Mm -hmm. section I was referring to, which that I I thought was really helpful just for me to rethink, oh, let's, and I've done that before episodically, but just as a, as a, um, 
set process. Mm -hmm. Um, The next chapter is social rules. Of course, we know that that can be a really slippery slope for some kids and and, and absolutely an area where control comes in because they don't want to look different from Mm -hmm. peers. I mean, they're still still humans who want to be successful. And when they fail or when they mess up a social rule, it feels very big, especially. cues. Absolutely. Um, Routines and schedules. Um, and, and here I appreciate back to what you were saying is that idea that we know routines and schedules, but he, he goes a little bit deeper and he does do a nice job of explaining the why behind routines and schedules and what benefit that can be. Yeah. I almost feel like there's a lot in the autism support realm, like for teachers that, that people, parents and teachers feel like they have to do like these, this, oh, I have a child with autism. I have to do these, I have to do photos or I have to do these board maker pictures. I have to do a certain way where he really brings it up, you know, helps under, helps the person understand why, Mm -hmm. because it doesn't really matter the the way unless it it doesn't work for that person. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. it may, you know, he encourages you to experiment with different ways of making something visual and helping somebody understand what's coming next, yeah. you know? Absolutely. And changes and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sensory and solo options for group projects. I think that was great because <laughs> group projects are such a, an Achilles heel for so many yeah. kids. So um, many people in general. Well, right. I mean, right? right? So I didn't like those either. So I was like, oh, those would have been good ideas for me. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a meme or something on the internet that was talking about college, and, it, and, it's, <laughs> and it said, welcome to college where everyone is smarter than you except for the three people in your group. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious and completely true, it right? so true. <laughs> It feels that way. For um, yes. Sure. The next chapter is the power of the homework basket, which we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, just that those, and I think, uh, again, a good teacher could sort of say, oh, the structure of a homework basket in our classroom, it that same type of structure would benefit us, you know, when it comes to using text or mm-hmm. using the computers or whatever it might yeah. be. Yeah. Right. Using it as a concept rather than a yeah. specific. Yeah, exactly. Um, transitions and travel meltdowns and overload, and finally mentoring. Um, and I just think that, again, they're so specific. Um, and what I appreciate, too, about the second part of the book is that he um, helps illustrate the function of those specific strategies in a student's life. So he mm-hmm. he articulates, you know, uh, Jonathan was a fourth grade student struggling with blah, blah, blah in, you know, during math time. And then this is the way a schedule helped him. Um, Yeah. You know, along those lines, I'm I'm just realizing now that a lot of books out there that are written by people on spectrum stick with just their own experience. mm -hmm. And I think this is unique because he does such a nice job of, yeah, he shares his unique experience, but he also will share, because he's a mentor also for a lot of um, students himself now, he has a lot of experience to share of how these accommodations work for lots of different students, and he gives those examples. So he's such a great storyteller, and so he'll tell, you know, you kind of are, you can really visualize what's going on for each person that he brings up in the book. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Completely agree. So... I would say, too, and then there's just, you know, the tips at a glance, right, from, again, back to the kind of the structure of it. So we have 
um, in each of these chapters, we have the specifics and how it relates to the processing. We have a story and then the tips, the tips, which you could easily just page through and go, what was, what was the thing about that homework basket again? If you read it in September and then had an issue in January, boom. Yeah. It would just be a, a reminder. I even thought it would be good to have those on a PDF for being able to have oh, in yeah. the room or something. But um, I think we skipped over the last three chapters, so I just want to list oh, those. Sorry. Transitions and Travel, Oh, which I really liked because we um, he talks about the hallways and how yes. they were overwhelming in, the, in a school. And, you know, those are some things that we... He has a couple ideas that I know he has recommended to a lot of students of, you know, leaving, you know, sitting sitting close to the door, being able to leave, you know, two or three minutes ahead of time so that they can get, you know, those kinds of things. Um, the other one I really appreciated that not enough people talk about is the meltdowns and overload. We tend to focus on prevention and just having this, okay, if you do all these things, it's going to be life is perfect. Well, you're still going to have meltdowns and <clears throat> people who are overloaded because we're all human. So I love that he talked about that. And then the last chapter is maybe one of my favorites. <clears throat> was mentoring. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, immediately you go, oh, people with autism being mentored. But he flips the script, and he wants the person with autism to be the mentor and really talks about how using the person's strengths to mentor or to help and be pro-social and how much, I mean, there's even neuroscience now that is saying how that changes people's brains to be a helper mm-hmm. rather than just a receiver. And so I just, I love that chapter. Yeah. too. Agreed. So. Completely agree. Um, finding ways. To, yeah. So the, the chapter headings, you know, because truthfully, there's so much when it comes to, um, you know, people on spectrum they're, they're, they spend a lot of their days, um, being told what mm-hmm. to do. So to, to think in terms of, we're going to honor your strength. Every human wants that, right? Yeah. You're probably going to be helping with meltdowns, overloads, and, you know, certainly any behavior challenges, if you can tap into that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You kind of alluded to this earlier, but I wanted to make sure that we shared with the listeners also that even though he focuses in this book with elementary, middle, and high school, really, um, there, it is so easy to extrapolate and use you know, use your imagination a little bit to extend it into early childhood classrooms, for example, and um, for parents to be able to use at home. I've had, a, a, you know, uh, there have been some reviews on the book um, on Amazon, and there's a few parents who are saying, oh my gosh, this is so helpful for them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, also the workplace. Yeah. And um, trying to figure out, you know, when somebody is trying to self-advocate, it could even be a book for somebody, I'm just realizing this, for somebody who's going into the workplace to have a conversation with their employer, um, they could be using a number of these different points that could help them significantly. Absolutely. Mm. I just think, well, right, in terms of, like, questions for, you know, like, the time for when when to ask a question, the time, how do you, you know, the concept of the solo options for group projects. Like, if everyone is Mm -hmm. sitting around a table getting a group project, you know, I'm actually really good at making the spreadsheets. Can I just do that and then send it to everybody via email? Yeah. I think of that because with the Autism Society of Oregon, I'm on an outreach committee and there's a a person who experiences autism on that committee with us. And they are very good about 
reminding our group that people might want to really participate but not mm. access it in front of everyone at a certain time of day, et cetera, et cetera, mm. but they want to be participating. So yeah. it, it's, it is thinking in terms of like, what are some other roles that somebody could have yeah. that would be equally helpful? Yeah, or to? even, well, and it, actually just, no, more, like even simpler than that, the, the, the method of participation. Mm. How, how do I access, so if, if in a, in a classroom, back to the book, if in a classroom, you know, the child, the student sitting and hearing a lecture about the math they have to tune out for a second, but if they read it, then they're boom, they're onto it, and mm-hmm. they can they can follow through. That would be a, a good thing for a teacher to understand, right. and if the and or an employer, uh, right, and yeah. exactly, and, and a good thing for the student to learn about themselves, yeah. right. So yeah. what this asked for, right, exactly. What the person in the committee is really um, good about saying is, perhaps they would want to listen into the meeting. They don't want to physically be in the meeting because mm-hmm. the fluorescent lights are bothering or right. being around other people's perfume is, is bothering or, yeah. you know, trying to f- follow people's facial, ex- facial expressions and tone of voice at the same time is very overwhelming. But if I just sit and listen and I'm in my own space at home, mm-hmm. I, I'm great. I have no problems with any of those things and I can right. really add right. to the right. group, right? Yeah. So yeah. that particular example wouldn't work for say, a public school setting, but it would work if, say, the group project was supposed to be done at home, right? And you were supposed to get together and work, well, maybe you talk to this kid about they they call in remotely, and it's and everybody yeah. learns, like, this one person can participate in the group if they're over Skype or whatever. Yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah, FaceTime, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I think that... Um, we both love the book, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we also really appreciate Jonathan Chase in general. And just a reminder, you can find out more about him um, in lots of different ways, and we'll have it in the show notes. Um, are there any other books that you would recommend that are classroom accommodations also? I did not think ahead of that, no, I didn't so I can't think of one. But if we, if, if I, yeah. I'll um, put it in the notes if I think of one. <laughs> I can continually update that. Yeah. Um, I think I'll probably... Well, Lost at School by Ross Green. Yeah. There's lots of other ones that are more conceptual, I mm-hmm. think, but not... I mean, really... There's lots that are very specific to each of the accommodations. So, like, there's ones about classroom visuals, and there's ones about... Um, there aren't a lot about, like, sensory... Uh, mm-hmm. decreasing sensory overload kind of stuff. Huh. Um, interesting. Yeah. If we well, is that, that the, the, um, not the overwhelmed child. What is that one called? Um, the out of sync child. Oh. Does that, yeah. the out of sync child at school. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's true. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for chatting about Excellent. this book. Excellent. Very fun. Welcome back to school, everybody. Yeah. Welcome back to school. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Synergy Autism Podcast, where we are bringing people together to talk autism. And if you'd like more, please go to our website at SynergyAutismCenter.com. You will find a lot of information, blog posts, courses you can take, and more. 
Again, SynergyAutismCenter.com. That's S-Y-N-E-R-G-Y. And thank you again for listening.